Good afternoon, everybody, again. Oh, kids can go out. Uh, see you all, sir. I really appreciated um, uh, the service so far. really has helped me to uh, centre upon uh, God and his word and what he'll have to say for us today, to us today. Um, and just a quick mention, yeah, um, to Ray, your faith has been an encouragement to me along the way. So thank you for all that you've done for me personally, even though you probably don't even know, <laughs> you know the extent of that, but um, you've had an impact, so thank you, mate. Thank you, Pastor. Um, right. So today we're, we're going to focus on the Word of God. We're doing two, uh, two topical sermons before we start another series, and that's going to be in the Psalms. We're going to sit in there for a little while, and that's going to be a really rich time. I'll talk more about that uh, in a couple of weeks. Uh, for now, I just wanted to flag another resource from our uh, library over there. We have a church library that has uh, begun. It's building up slowly and surely. Um, and uh, the book I want to flag today is uh, in theme with the sermon today, which is on God's Word, Taking God at His Word by Kevin DeYoung, uh, Why the Bible is Knowable, Necessary and Enough and What It Means for You and Me. That's a really uh, solid resource. So look for that and uh, see one of our faithful librarians if you, you want to uh, hire that one out. Hire it, borrow it. It's free. <laughs> We're not going to charge you. Um, let's pray. Heavenly Father, powerful Jesus and Holy Spirit. You are our God and you have spoken. Your glory has been shown through creation. But through your Son and through your Word, you have made known to us in specific detail who you are. Lord, help us to humble ourselves under you today, under your authority as creator and God, the giver of life. Lord, we ask that by your spirit that all things uh, this afternoon are pleasing to you, that they might be profitable to us, that we would be challenged and changed to be more like Christ. So Holy Spirit, would you do what you do best and convict us and cause us to trust in Jesus. We thank you for your word and we commit all things to you now in Jesus' name. Amen. What do you think about the Bible? Many people throughout history have, have denied that it really is a book from God. Uh, and yet... Many others, on the other hand, have actually died for it. Right? You've got those who deny and those who have died for it. That's a pretty stark contrast, right? Some people reject it totally and others receive it totally. Uh, and some still believe only parts of it. It was uh, Thomas Jeff Jefferson, the third uh, president of the United States, who got a razor and cut bits 
out of the Bible, basically the bits he didn't like went and he sort of pasted it all together and made a, made a new um, Bible according to, to his standards, one that suited himself. Um, now that might sound pretty shocking uh, to some of us, right? Uh, I couldn't imagine ever doing that. Um, but we need to check ourselves because uh, we can be just as bad if we ignore some parts of the Bible. Uh, you know, we cut them out with the razor of our minds, so to speak. Um, if we're not careful, the, the scissors of unbelief will, uh, will slice and dice up the Bible like Jefferson did with his razor. So what do you think about the Bible? If you don't believe at all, how do you decide which parts are true and which parts aren't? We need to be careful here uh, not to make ourselves the highest authority and put ourselves over and above God, to put ourselves in the place of God. So the big question we need to answer today is this, do you believe the Bible is the perfect word of God or not? What do you reckon? To help us think through it, let's, uh, let's start by considering what the Bible is. Now, some of this will be pretty basic knowledge, but I could, I, could, I could literally conduct a preaching series that goes the entire year talking about the Bible and different aspects and all those things. I want to say some things today, but I'm not going to say them all. But we will start with some basics. The Bible is a book, right? That's pretty fundamental. Um, the word Bible just means book. The Holy Bible is a book like no other, though. Uh, when you see that title, Holy Bible, uh, on the cover, you can just think of it as God's special book, right? It's a book that's set apart and distinct, completely distinct, from any other book that exists or will ever exist. Because the Bible is God's words written down. The Bible is God's, uh, God's speaking truth, uh, His truth, to us in human words. And it makes sense, doesn't it? If you're a powerful, invisible creator of the world and you wanted us to know certain things, wouldn't he say it in a way that humans can understand? Uh, he would use words, right? That's how we understand. We use words. Uh, and if we wanted these things to be known for for humans for thousands of years, it would make sense that he would have his words written down. My family and I often play games around the dinner table. Two of our favourites are sausages <laughs> and would you rather. And if you want to know the details and the rules, talk to my kids after the service. Um, but the other night we played uh, Chinese whispers. Right? I'm sure everyone probably knows what that is, uh, where you whisper a message to someone and you, someone whisper it to the next person, you go around and around and around, and when you get to the end, the person yells it out and hopefully it's the same. Um, and sometimes the message at the end is correct and other times it's corrupt. Uh, you know, it, it can get totally mixed up. But imagine, this would make the game totally boring, but imagine if you wrote the message down and just passed it to the next person, 
and the next person, the next person, you get to the end and they read it out. Um, it would be boring, but uh, you can guarantee that the message would be the exact message uh, you wanted to go around the, the table. So when the last person gets it, it's exactly the same. And that's what God has done with the Bible, right? He's written down certain things uh, that he wants humanity to know about. And, it's be and in, because it's written down, it stays the same for the generations to come. The generations, hundreds, thousands, whoever long God wants that to be known, uh, it will stay the same. The Bible is God's book given to humanity. Punch out a few Bible facts here. Uh, the Bible was written in three languages, Hebrew, Aramaic and Greek, uh, over a period of about 1,500 years or so. Um, it was written by more than 40 authors of different ages and different backgrounds. Uh, the Bible is actually a collection of books. It contains 66 separate books, so it's like a library. Um, but even though these books have been written over a very long period of time and by so many different people and from various places, this collection of books has a beautiful story that runs the whole way through. It's seamless. Um, it runs through the entire thing. The 66 books have one main story running through them and Jesus Christ is the main focus of that story. He's the hero of the book. Uh, the Bible's broken up into two main sections, the Old Testament and the New Testament. The Old Testament uh, contains 39 of the books, and that Old Testament is a record of God speaking and working uh, throughout human history, right from the beginning of creation, around up until around 450 BC. The focus of the Old Testament is God himself. Right? He reveals his character to humanity. He reveals what he's truly like, uh, what he loves, what he hates, uh, what he requires from every human being. Uh, he, reveal, he reveals our biggest purpose and he, he also reveals our biggest problem. The Old Testament contains different types of writing styles like narrative, poetry, wisdom, prophecy and all of it combined together uh, tells the story about God's relationship with humanity. But the Old Testament isn't the end of the story. Because then we have the New Testament, which contains the, the other 27 books. Uh, the New Testament be begins with the details about the life, death, resurrection and ascension of Jesus Christ. Uh, then it tells us about how the church began and uh, how to live as God's people in light of what Jesus has done. The New Testament has various types of writing too. Um, biography, narrative, letters, history, poetry, uh, apocalyptic literature and more. Uh, some of it was written on uh, this stuff called papyrus which was basically just made from a, a, a reed of sorts uh, and other parts of the Bible were written on something called vellum which is basically prepared animal skins that you could write on. The chapter and verse divisions weren't in the original uh, writings, but were added about a thousand or so years um, after. They were put there for practical use to find the place in the Bible. And there are 1,189 chapters and 31,102 verses, depending where you look, but that seems to be the most common answer. I wasn't going to count them for today.
If someone wants to, to verify that, go for gold. The Bible is the best-selling book of all time. Have you read it from cover to cover? It's interesting how many people um, will, will uh, tear down or, or challenge the Bible without having reading every word of it. If you need, on, the, on that note, if you want some help with a Bible reading plan or you actually want to um, study it, come see me and I'll help you out. So what is the Bible technically? Well, the Bible is special revelation from God. That's what it is, special revelation. The Bible tells us who God is and who we are in relation to Him and everything that He's done for us uh, to make sure we can be in a right relationship with Him. It reveals to us that Jesus Christ is in fact God Himself, that He is God in human form, that He's the uh, perfect expression of God in human form. Uh, you cannot find that information anywhere else. Right? It is only revealed faithfully in the Bible. That's why it's called special revelation. revelation. Uh, we need all these 66 books of the Bible to have the, the big picture, the full picture uh, of what God wants to reveal to us. And the unity of these 66 books is simply incredible. Uh, the New Testament has roughly 300 explicit quotes from the Old Testament. And there's something like 4,000 allusions to the Old Testament in, uh, written in the New Testament. They are bound together. They are knitted together. It's one story. It's a library of one book, essentially. Um, why? See, the Old Testament is full of promises from God and the New Testament is the fulfilment of those promises. That's a basic way to think about it, right? And there's some of those promises that are yet to be fulfilled. And these promises are all connected to Jesus Christ. Uh, the whole Bible is always pointing to Jesus in some way. The Old, the Old Testament predicts and points forward to his arrival, and the New Testament tells us what happened when he shows up, when he showed up, and what he's going to do in the future. Right? Jesus is the hero of this story. Now, if you're going to meet someone new and you wanted to know about their life, how would you best find out the details? You'd ask them, right? You just ask them. Uh, you'd sit down with them and let them tell their own story. Uh, so I want to suggest that we sit down with the Bible for just a few minutes and let it, let it uh, speak for itself, let it, let it um, tell its own story. So what does the Bible claim about itself? Now, I'm not covering everything here, like I said. I'm just going to have a look at a couple of things. But what does it claim? Well, as my dear son read out, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, it says this, All Scripture is breathed out by God. All Scripture is breathed out by God. The word Scripture literally means writings, okay? And, it, and it's talking about the Bible, right? You can simply think of it like that. Scripture is synonymous with the Bible, what we know as the Bible. The Bible was breathed out by God. Breathed out by God. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 21 says, For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, 
but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So the Bible was breathed out by God. Uh, and it was, it was um, men spoke from God as they were carried or driven along by the Holy Spirit. I believe the imagery there is uh, like the wind in the sails of a ship. You know, there's something uh, integrated moving that forward. But what do these verses mean, right? In a nutshell, that God wrote this Bible by his Holy Spirit. Right? But he didn't use a pen to write. God used men to write. Um, God worked in and through the very nature and the personality of each biblical author. God managed and, and arranged the entire uh, writing of the Bible, every single word. And he chose to do that through human authors at various times and in various places. Right? They were different people experiencing different things in different ways. And God uh, worked in and through that person by his spirit. Right? And the end result is the Bible. God's book full of God's own words. And if these are God's words, then they are perfectly true and trustworthy. Right? All Scripture is breathed out by God, therefore it's perfectly true and accurate. Uh, it, it'll never mislead any of us, because as Hebrews 6 says, uh, it is impossible for God to lie. There's no deception in the character of God. His words are true and trustworthy. Numbers 23:19 says, "God is not man that he should lie, or a son of man that he should change his mind. Has he said it and will not do it? Or has he spoken and will he not fulfill it?" Proverbs 30 chapter, uh, chapter 30 verse 5 to 6, "Every word of God proves true." I don't know about you, but that's my complete experience so far. As long as I've been reading that Bible, there is, it proves true every single time. Psalm 12, verse 6. The, Lord, the words of the Lord are pure words, like silver refined in a furnace on the ground, purified seven times. You know, that's a, that's a very uh, poetic way of saying... This is more pure than anything else you can, you can find. In John 17, while Jesus is praying for his disciples to God the Father, he prays that God would sanctify them in his truth. He says this, Jesus speaking, Sanctify them in your truth. Your word is truth. Your word is truth. The world challenges would challenge that sentence very strongly these days saying things like, now that's your truth. I've got my own truth. Right? People have become so intelligent that there's no absolute truth anymore. That's true for you. It's not true for me. You don't have to take long. You can spend a couple moments thinking about the trajectory of that statement and where you can end up. Um, Anyway, the Bible claims that it's the very words of God itself and that they are true. The question is, do you believe it? That's the question. 
Jonathan Lehman says, uh, he's an author, the first thing, uh, the first thing to realise is that God's word is an extension of God himself. To hear his words that comprise the whole Bible is to hear him. To obey his words is to obey him. To ignore his words is to ignore him. God invests himself in his words. He so identifies himself with his words that our response to his words is our response to him. And that could back us, a few of us into a corner right there. What is your response to the Bible? Do you hear and obey? Or do you ignore it? What did Jesus say about the Bible? Well, in a nutshell, he says, it's all written about me. Obviously, the New Testament is all about Jesus. But at the time of Jesus, at the time of Jesus, um, you know, the Bible wasn't completed. It's not, he didn't have it all nicely bound um, in, in, in leather like some of us have it here from start to finish. It was still being revealed. Um, you know, God was still using people to record the life of Jesus and the things uh, that would take place after. So, uh, in the verse I'm going to read, what Jesus calls the Scriptures is really the Old Testament at this point. Uh, listen to what Jesus says here. John chapter 5, 39, Jesus is talking to some highly religious folk. And he says this, You search the Scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. And it is they that bear witness about me. Right? Did you get that? Jesus says the Scriptures, think Old Testament, is about me. Who else could say that? Luke 24, after Jesus' resurrection, he shows up. And uh, Jesus shows up again. So cool. And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted uh, to his disciples all the things in the Scriptures concerning himself. In verse 24, this is Luke 24. In verse 44, he says, Then Jesus says to his disciples, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. The law of Moses, the prophets and the Psalms, that's a, basically a way of saying the Old Testament. Right? We can just understand it as the Old Testament. Um, Jesus says, yeah, all that must be fulfilled. So after Jesus was resurrected, he taught his disciples, how the scriptures, what we call the Old Testament, were all about him. In Matthew 5, Jesus says that he is the fulfillment of all this. Matthew 5, 17, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. The law and the prophets is another way of saying the, the scriptures, the writings, the, the Old Testament. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot will pass away from the law until all is accomplished. So the Old Testament is written about Jesus. And then Jesus came as the fulfilment of the Old Testament. 
And the rest of the Bible, the New Testament, is God's word about how Jesus uh, is the the fulfillment and what that means for the future of humanity and the entire universe. Nothing big. You know, just the daily biz. And as we read through uh, the New Testament, many times Jesus says things like, what I'm saying uh, is what God the Father says. So the words of Jesus are the words of God himself. I don't know if you caught it before, but um, listen to this authoritative statement uh, from Jesus. Sorry, I didn't read this one before. Um, But just have a listen to the authority of what Jesus says here. This is uh, Matthew 24, 35. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Who can say that? If I said that, you'd just go, you're a nut job, mate. I'll catch you later. <laughs> right? Thanks for the convo, but I'm out of here. I'm getting scared. But when Jesus says it, that comes with authority. Heaven and earth will pass away but my words will not pass away. How could Jesus say that his words will never die? That there's something everlasting about them? It's because he's God in the flesh. And what God says stands forever. Right? The words of Jesus, they are absolutely authoritative. So we need to consider what we need to consider everything that Jesus says with sober judgment. Sober judgment. Again, Jesus says in John chapter 12, The one who rejects me and does not receive my words has a judge. The word that I have spoken will judge him on the last day. For I have not spoken on my own authority. The Father who sent me has has himself given me a commandment, what to say and what to speak. And I know that his commandment is eternal life. What I say, therefore... I say, as the Father has told me. What the God of the universe says is what Jesus says. His words are his words and his words are his words. It's no wonder Jesus is called the word of God, right? Whatever Jesus says comes with full authority over life, over all of life. His words are everlasting and they are the words of the very God. Right, the whole New Testament is about Jesus, what he did, what he taught, what he expects from us, what he's going to do. Jesus' words are God's words and they are fully authoritative. The whole Bible is God's words. Because it's that, the Bible is sufficient for all of life. Right, Because the Bible is God's word from cover to cover, it is sufficient. Every aspect of human experience is covered and we can find perfect instruction and counsel for every aspect of that. The Bible has all we need to know to be in a right relationship with God and to live a life that's pleasing to Him. Right? The Bible is sufficient for our life. Again, all Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, 
for reproof, for correction and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. God doesn't say that the man of God may be incomplete and partially equipped for some good work, right? No. All scripture is breathed out so that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. The Bible is sufficient for all of life. What else does the Bible say about itself? Psalm 1 says it's a guide for true happiness. Psalm 19, we're going to dig deeper into this stuff in a few weeks' time. It's going to be so good. Um, Psalm 19 says it converts the soul. It makes wise the simple. It rejoices the heart. It enlightens the eyes. It endures forever. It is true and righteous altogether. It's more desirable than gold and sweeter than honey. It is. Psalm 119 says it keeps us pure. It guards the heart against sin. It makes one wiser than his enemies. It gives us more understanding than others. It's a lamp and a light for our life. It provides great peace to those who love it. Hebrews. I could go so many places here. I feel like I'm ripping you off by not reading the Bible from cover to cover right now. (laughs) Hebrews. The Word of God is living and powerful or active, right? It's piercing, it's discerning. James, the word of God can save our souls. Peter, the word of God can produce rebirth and spiritual growth. Paul, these are the apostles, obviously, not you guys. Um, (laughs) The apostle Paul produces the necessary faith for walking in our life, equips the saints for every good work, guards us from temptations. And so much else. Jesus says, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. The Bible is sufficient for all these things and more. But the ultimate thing that it gives us is God Himself. Right? No one can know God unless God reveals himself, and he has. Generally, he has revealed himself through creation and our conscience. Right? We know that God exists just by looking out the window or looking in the mirror. Many suppress the truth. Read Romans 1. We know that God exists because of creation. It can't make itself. There is a creator. But people suppress the truth. They suppress the truth about God. So generally we can know that God exists. But God has revealed himself specifically through his words in the Bible. In a very particular way, he has communicated with us who he is and how we can know him personally. Uh, And that's through his son, Jesus Christ, the word of God, who came from heaven and earth, uh, from heaven to earth, to make God fully known and to make the way for the relationship, our relationship with Him uh, and humanity to be restored permanently. 
Right? The Old Testament uh, predicted, promised, and pointed to the arrival of Jesus. And the New Testament records what happened when he showed up and the ongoing results of his life, uh, death, resurrection, and ascension. And every word of it is true and trustworthy. So the big question is, what do you say about the Bible? Is it the word of God or not? Is it trustworthy or is it not? The way you answer that question will have profound implications for your life. It will have eternal repercussions. Because here's the question I'm really asking you. Who or what do you consider the highest authority in your life? If God is our highest authority, we'll believe and submit to his word. But if someone or something else is our highest authority, then we won't believe and we will not submit to his word. Whatever or whoever you obey is your functional God. And usually human beings love to put ourselves on the throne. Make ourselves these phony kings and queens and try and build our own kingdom. And God says, nope. I love you. I'm warning you, do not put yourself in my place. Human beings love to suppress the truth about God and, and make ourselves that highest authority. Humans love to ignore God's word, therefore ignore God because it demands submission. That word can send a chill down some of our spines, I know that. But creation tells us that there's a God. Right? Creation tells us that there's a God, but the Bible tells us, and the Bible tells us exactly who that God is. Our conscience tells us that we're guilty before God, and the Bible tells us what God has done through His Son Jesus Christ to fix it. Right? The goodness of God is, is scribbled throughout all creation, but the good news of God is scribbled all throughout the Bible. Right, there's good things out there, but there's good news in here. Right? And what is the good news? That God sent His only Son, Jesus Christ, the Word of God from heaven to earth. Right? The good news is that God's own Son would save sinners from the coming judgment. That He would take the punishment for the sin of the world upon Himself on a cross. And that He would give people a living hope when he rose victorious from the dead three days later. God promised he'd do this and he has done it. His word proved true. And all we have to do in the words of Jesus is repent and believe. Believe in the gospel. Believe in the good news. Confess to God that you've sinned against him, that you've ignored him and his words that you've made yourself the highest authority 
rather than submitting to the God who made you and me. Don't you worry. I go through the ringer every single week. <laughs> but we need to take God at his word that he has paid the price for all our sin through Jesus. And his promise is you will receive eternal life. His word proves true. It's guaranteed. It's 100% assured. It's time to believe the Bible. It's time to respect God's authority. When Jesus was teaching, many people found that his words were too hard and they turned away. They stopped following him. Even some of his own disciples were having those thoughts. And Jesus says these words to them. Do you want to go away as well? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And we have believed and come to know that you are the Holy One of God. If Jesus says the Bible is about him, the question remains, what do you say about the Bible? Is it from God? Is it true? Does it contain the words of eternal life? What do you think about Jesus and his words? Are they too hard? Are they too hard for you? Do you want to go away as well? If so, where are you going to go? Where are you going to go? I would submit that there is nowhere else to go. Jesus has the words of eternal life. Let's pray. Gracious God and Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you that you have revealed yourself to us. Apart from you, we are undone. We are goners because we are guilty before you. From birth, by nature, we have considered ourselves the highest authority. We have ignored your existence. We have insulted you. We have sinned against you by suppressing the truth about you. Thank you so much that you revealed yourself to us and your Son. We thank you for the Scriptures, the Bible, that we can know for sure, we can know for absolute certain who you are, that we can know your Son, that we can know the truth of the Gospel and the, the words of eternal life. Oh Lord, forgive us where we have disregard for your word and dishonoured you. Lord, I thank you that your word is true and that we can know for sure that if we confess our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive us our sins 
and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I thank you that we know that Jesus Christ came for that purpose, to cleanse us from all sin and to clothe us in his righteousness. We'd never know these things apart from your word. We'd never know that we were adopted. We'd never know that we became, that we were brought into your family forever. But now we do. Lord, I pray that you would give each one of us here faith to believe and to trust your word 100%. To show high regard for your word. To submit to your ways and obey you in day-to-day life. Holy Spirit, would you make this real? Would you allow this thing in our life and cause us to walk in your ways, to love your word because... It is the revelation of the one true living God. Lord, we thank you for this afternoon. Praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.